Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Pizza Box Talks. I know normally we put out an episode around this time. It's usually talking about sports, talking about, you know, things like that. Uh, If you guys really want, we'll do a pizza review in this episode. I guess technically we can do that because I just had pizza for dinner tonight. Um, But Alex and I felt it was really important for us to kind of address what's going on in the country right now, uh, in particular with the deaths of the death of George Floyd, Ahmed Aubrey, uh, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the woman who died in Louisville. Essentially, the death of innocent unarmed minorities at the hands of police officers. Uh, I'm going to put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode because this is something that at least I'm very passionate about. I'll do my best to keep my emotions in check, but I'm probably not going to be able to do that after a certain point. Uh, more importantly, was it Brianna Taylor? Yes, that's who. Thank you, um, Brianna Taylor. So I'm going to put a disclaimer right now that this is not going to be our regular content. This is not going to be a regular episode. You might hear Alex and I swear. You might hear Alex and I say things that uh, are our opinions. They do not reflect us or any other. Or they they only reflect the individual who's saying said opinion. I may have a different opinion than Alex and vice versa on certain things. Um, we are in, and I don't know about you, Alex, but I'm not affiliated with any group or business and any, in my opinions, do not reflect any groups or businesses that I may say. I know we plug roles assistance on here all the time, but don't take anything that we say into the professional context. This is merely a personal episode for us. Um, with that, Alex, do you have anything you want to these add? These are our personal opinions. Yeah. I mean, I think you said, oh, I mean, these are our personal opinions. You don't, we ain't saying you have to like it, but mm-hmm. you know, we're just giving you our aspect of it. Feel free to reach out to us, you know, yep. on Instagram and anything else, and let us know if you if you'd like to have a discussion. If you differ from our opinions, yeah, we both love having those type of discussions. Yep. All we ask is that you be respectful and civil, and we'll do our best. Um, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna try the best to keep my emotions in check um, for a variety of different reasons. But uh, I guess with that being said, let's just let's just dive into it real quick. Um, so for those of you who've been living under a rock or have been in a coma for the past millennium, uh, innocent minorities, mostly black and Latinos, but in these particular cases that we previously discussed, they were all black or African-American. Uh, they were killed at the hands of either current law enforcement or former law enforcement officers. Um, they were all unarmed. They were all, um, yeah, killed in various two of them i believe were shooting one of them was officially announced today died from asphyxi- asphyxiation for those of you who don't know basically they were choked to death um there yeah, there have been on his neck. Mm-hmm. and there have been um there have been protests riots looting whatever you want to call it across the nation in response to this um so yeah um Let's, I want, I guess I personally would like to start by just saying my condolences to any and all families who are affected by this. I'm so sorry that you have to go through this. You should not have to go through this. The role of law enforcement is to protect and serve the community. And when they fail to do so, they have not only failed us, but they've failed an entire nation, an entire state, and they tarnish the reputation of anyone who goes into law enforcement by doing so. 
Well, not only that, but what are they actually doing? If they're not protecting and serving, mm -hmm. what is it that they're actually doing? Exactly. Um, and so I want to also just make sure that we clarify kind of real quick. Like I, I have friends whose parents are cops or law sheriffs, whatever. There have been some great stories. I believe it was in Flint, Michigan, where the Flint, whatever, the sheriff's office there, they all took off all their, their gear, their holsters and everything and, and joined in with the protests and were protesting with these people. Um, there was a cop in Atlanta basically talking to the protesters and being like, listen, you guys are right to be out here. You're allowed to be angry. You just can't have megaphones in this area. That's just a city ordinance. We have to enforce that. But y'all can scream. You can do whatever you want. Um, that, and that's gone viral. I would also like to say, I don't know where it was, but I saw a photo of a police officer, a white police officer, who got separated from his unit. He's in all, you know, his riot gear and stuff. And there was just about, I knew between, somewhere between like, six to ten um black men like arm in arm protecting him from other protesters until his unit came because they don't like like i i don't know about you but i don't condone the looting um i understand that people are angry i get where it comes from i don't personally think you should do that to express your anger but i totally understand that that you're angry and you have absolutely every right to be angry because what ferguson was what in 2014 2015 you know, that's not even 10 uh, years ago. Yeah. Um, and so I guess I want to kind of turn it over to you because for those of you who don't know, uh, at least I believe, I, I mean, I know you have questioned your heritage of potentially being a Latino prince on here before, but you do identify as black, correct? That's what's on my ID. Okay. So I wanted to kind of talk to you and see what you're thinking about this and what you have to say, because obviously this is going to affect you and is going to hit a lot closer to home to you than it is to me. I mean, it's a, excuse me. Here's the thing. I mean, it's horrible. It's, it should never happen. But I mean, I'm from a small town. So these type of things, I've been through before, like not in the instance of that, but I've been harassed by the police. You know, unfortunately I have to, I have to t talk to my son and work with my son on what to do, you know, when that time comes, because I hate to say it. I'm, I'm not going to say if that time comes, I'm going to say when. Now, like I just previously said, I don't understand. I mean, I wasn't there. I've seen the videos. I mean, from what I've read, there was an issue about a counterfeit $20 bill and uh, he, and, he and, and George complied with everything the cops are telling him to do, except for when he refused to get into the police car. All right. I don't understand how because a man refuses to get in the police car, put him down on the sidewalk or something. Right. If you're just detaining him. You know, if I'm, if I'm if I'm just being detained, I I don't want to go in a police car either. You know, let me sit down on the sidewalk. But I don't understand how being how being completely compliant, and then all of a sudden, just because you don't listen to everything that they say, they're gonna throw you on the fucking ground and then put their neck on put their 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 knee on your fucking neck. That's just crazy, man. Yeah. Sorry. No, that that's fair. And one of the things um, I heard this morning on the news is that 44 people were 
put in a like similar type of restraint that was used against them in Minneapolis in the past year. About three-fifths, which doing the math is roughly 60% of those individuals were African-American. Uh, 30% were white, and the rest were either Latino-American or Native American. Um, so only if only 30%, I know that 44 is not a ton of people, but when you put it into the context of a year, that's a lot. The other thing, too, is in the particular case of George Floyd that we need to put out there um, is that in, in, in Minneapolis, the statistic goes that uh, black people are 13 times more likely to be killed by cops than by white police. And more importantly, the officer who was kneeling on George Floyd's neck had 17, that's one seven, 17 previous complaints against him, and I believe the majority of them were use of unnecessary force or brutality. You know, they want to talk about how... Um, you know, well, this is just one police officer who did this. To give you an idea, the the restraint that he used has been phased out across the country in the most a lot of police training. More importantly, yeah. And more importantly, they're not really supposed to use that technique anymore. Mm-hmm. They're not also supposed to put people on the ground face down because if they're drunk, they could throw up and choke. You know, things happen; they could choke and die. The whole point is you're innocent until proven guilty. They can detain you, but you're innocent until proven guilty. We live in a in a country where that's that right. Um, and well, so I read a thing that said even one of the other cops was like, "Hey, we should put him on the side, put him on his side, and whatever the dude's name is." So it's like, "No, we're just gonna keep him here." Yeah. So and he stayed on his neck almost three minutes after he was unresponsive. Yeah. Um, which is a problem. That's a culture, like that is a lack of training and a lack of empathy and sympathy towards other human beings. And I'm not saying that this is how all police officers. I'm sorry. I didn't catch that. You cut out. I think he just has an overall power trip. I think that's what a lot of this comes down to. Sure. And maybe, but I think that a lot of it comes down to, you have a culture that isn't, isn't taught to serve, like they're taught to arrest people. They're taught to detain people. They're not taught to protect and serve. Um, and the George Floyd thing to me is mind boggling. And it, it kind of gives me a little bit of, um, those of you who don't know me that well, at one point in time, I was worked in a criminal defense firm in New York state, the state of New York, not New York city. We had a case where a, roughly similar sized African-American gentleman who suffered from mental illnesses was in a pizza shop freaking out about something. The cops, uh, it took four cops to arrest him because he, like I said, he had, he was diagnosed schizophrenic. He had lots of mental health issues. The cops threw him to the ground on one of the hottest days of the year, threw him on the asphalt in one of the hottest days of the year because he swung at an officer, didn't hit the officer, but he swung at him. So they threw him down on the ground and kept him on the, the asphalt on a, uh, on a day that was literally one of the hottest days in record, um, and he suffered third-degree burns on his body. In comparison to George Floyd, that man is lucky. Can you imagine if that happened in Minneapolis with Officer uh, Dickface there? Like, what? that man would have been dead. 
that's a whole family that we have to like police should be serving the community and i'm just going to leave it at that if you're a police officer or law enforcement and you're listening to this please serve the community please check your fellow officers make sure that they understand their job is to serve the community and because when you fail to do so you not only fail at your job but you fail us as a society You're not doing your job at all. Right, like That's I said. That's just like, your job is to protect and serve, not automatically just start detaining people because they don't listen to everything you say. Yeah, and I understand that we have a lot of rhetoric right now in this country coming out of a lot of different politicians that were supposed to just listen to these people who are in charge because they're in charge. But unfortunately... That's not how that works, because if that's how that worked, this country would have never been founded in the first place. And I want to remind everyone, the only reason we have a United States of America is because a bunch of old white men got angry about the price of tea and started looting and rioting, and here we are. So if you don't like looting and rioting, then you are anti-American. I'm going to go out there and say it. You can... It's just, it's true. That's how this country was founded. If you don't like it, too bad. People get angry. They have a right to protest. You might not like how they choose to do so, but they have that right. And people have a right to disagree with you. Exactly. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I've, I've had, I've had my, my run-ins with the police, uh, I'll give you a quick story. Once uh, me and my girlfriend went to a bar in Boonville, where I'm from. We were talking afterwards. We were both pretty inebriated. I'm wobbling, of course. She puts her hand on my chest, so I take about a half a step back. She goes back into the bar and get her friend. As soon as she walked back in the bar, two cops from across the street came and got me. Well, they tried. So they're sitting there telling me, would you say that girl looks like you were harassing her? She had to push you away. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say this again. They're like, you were harassing that girl trying to force her to come with you. I was like, okay, um, where were you guys at? And they're like, across the street. I said, so you didn't hear anything that was said. They're like, no. I said, so the only thing you're going by is what you saw. They're like, yeah. I'm like, they're like, well, we saw you harassing her. I said, no, what you seen was her assault me. But instead of you talking to her, you're talking to me. Yeah, exactly. Then, of course, then they started harassing me about how I was getting home. Mm-hmm. Now I said my car. Her friend had came out the bar and didn't have a drink, so I handed her my car keys. They said, well, where's home at? And I said, well, don't worry. I said, home is where the heart is. <laughs> Sorry. I said, well, where do you live, sir? Oh, that's good. That's, I was trying to be funny at that point in time. And they say, you know, where, where do you live, sir? At that time, we were we had just moved out of an apartment. We were waiting for the other one to finish, so we were staying at my mom's. My mom doesn't live in city limits, so that's what I told them. Don't worry about it because it's not in your jurisdiction. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, that's just, a, I mean, and that was just one night. Yeah. So, I have a cop story. Um. And it's very different than yours. So when I first moved, so before we moved to Missouri, I lived in this place called Rochester, New York. 
they're they were rioting. I've got some kind of not really funny, but kind of funny. A bunch of the rioters broke into the zoo and let all the lions and animals out. <laughs> kind of funny. Not really the point. Not really something you should be doing. But like, hey, whatever. Anyways, when I was living in Rochester, um, which is where I worked at the law firm I previously mentioned, but before I worked at the law firm, I worked at this restaurant. I had to drive a gentleman I worked with home. This gentleman happened to live in one of the worst areas of Rochester. For those of you who aren't familiar with Rochester, Rochester has one of the highest uh, amount of people living in it per capita under the severe poverty line. I think it's like one-third of all the children who go to the Rochester school districts, like schools, are homeless. It's not a nice area. It's not a nice town. And there are some really bad areas. This individual happened to live in one of these really bad areas. It just so happened it was Halloween night. We had worked a long shift. It was late. I still had my plates on from where my I wasn't from New York. I'm not from New York State. I'm from Maine originally. Had my main plates on my car. Drop him off. Turn the corner onto the main street. All of a sudden, there's a bunch of sirens lit up, and I get pulled over. Officer comes up. You know what are you doing here? Explain to him. Just dropping off my buddy from work. I'm still in my chef's outfit. I smell like food. Uh, I have a pizza in the back that I'm taking home to eat because it was a pizza place. So he saw that like I worked there. He'd heard of the restaurant. He's, you know, you know, what are you doing here kind of thing. I look behind me. There's about five cop cars that have pulled me over. I get it. Bad neighborhood, out-of-state plates. Totally get it. Explain my situation. He let me go. There's another gentleman we worked with. Uh, he had just bought a car in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is about two and a half hours away, right? Across the state border. There's less tax. Buy a car. Sure. So he had Pennsylvania plates on his car. It's the night after Halloween. Goes to the same area. He gets pulled over almost exactly the same way. They take him to jail and impound him because they don't believe that the car's not stolen. Right? So he has to pay to get his car. He Luckily, he called like the, our, our boss or whatever who basically explained the whole thing because the boss was the co-signer on the, on the lease for the, car, or for the car or whatever. Right? The only difference between the two of us is that I'm not African-American and that gentleman who got detained was. Yeah. For those of you who don't believe that white privilege doesn't exist, that is personally for me the best example of it. But more importantly, the best example of, of white privilege that comes that has come very recently is the type of rhetoric that certain politicians and a news outlet called Fox News, which I like to call faux news because it's mostly made up stuff, and very biased, don't take it as news, the news should be in quotes, uh, have said about the white people, or predominantly white protesters who occupied government buildings in, I believe, Michigan, versus the predominantly non-white protesters who are protesting racial inequality. More importantly, Alex, if you don't mind me holding on to the mic for just a little bit more, I found, about, I found this thing called the White Privilege Checklist. This was written in 1989. Okay, there's about 20 things, and Alex, I'm going to read these off. I can read all of them off, or I can read some of them off. You let me know when I should stop. But any of our white listeners I, who don't believe in white privilege, I want you to listen to these things, and if you can check off more than five of them, you've benefited from white privilege e either some point in your life or currently. 
So let's just, Alex, if you if you'll allow me to, I'm going to go in, uh, and then we got a little bit sure. before. So, number one, I can arrange to be in the company of people of my race most of the time. Number two, I can go shopping alone most of the time, pretty well assured that I will not be followed or harassed. I can turn on the television or open to the front page of a paper and see people of my race widely represented. Number four, when I'm told about our quote-unquote national heritage or about quote-unquote civilization, I am shown that people of my color made it what it is. Number five, I can be sure that my children will be given curricular materials that testify to the existence of their race. That means in school for those of you who aren't quite sure. Number six, I can go into a music store and count on finding the music of my race well represented. I can go into a supermarket and find the food I grew up with. And more importantly, I can go into a hairdresser shop and find someone who can deal with my hair. Uh, For number six, I have a lot of friends who are minorities who I went to college with who ran into that issue very much so. Number seven, whether I use checks, cards, cash, or any other way of paying, I can count on my skin color not to work against me or against the appearance of financial responsibility. Number eight, I am not acutely aware that my shape, bearing, or body odor will be taken as a reflection on my race. Number nine, I can worry about racism without being seen as self-interested or self-seeking, which I think is a big one right now for a lot of people. Number 10, I can take a job or enroll in a college without an affirmative action policy or with an affirmative action policy without having my coworkers or peers assume I got it just because of my race. Number 11, and this is a definitely one that I have seen happen firsthand to people, I can be late to a meeting without the lateness reflect upon my race. Yeah, how many, Alex, you and I have worked with a lot of white people who are late to meetings. None of them got yelled at about that, right? Yeah. Number 12. I was if I was two minutes early instead of five minutes early. Yep. Number 12. I can choose public accommodation without fearing that people of my race cannot get in or will be mistreated. Number 13, and this to me is the one of the biggest... Uh, no, sorry. Number this is, this is a big one, but it's not the biggest one. I apologize. The next one I think is one of the biggest ones. Number 13, I am never asked to speak for all of the people of my racial group. That's a big one. Number 14, I can be pretty sure that if I ask to talk with the quote-unquote person in charge or manager, I will be facing a person of my race. That's a big one. And let me explain to you why that's a big one. Because even black employers or minority employers are more likely to employ a white person particularly for a management position, than a person of color. So that's a pretty big one. Uh, number, 15, number 15, we literally just talked about this. If a traffic cop pulls me over, or if the IRS audits my tax return, I can be sure I haven't been singled out simply because of my race. Number 16, I can easily, by, prote- by posters postcards, picture books, greeting cards, dolls, toys, and children's magazines find people, 
featuring people of my race. I'm going to skip 17 um, just because... Actually, no, we'll say it. 17, I can choose blemish cover or band-aids in quote-unquote flesh color and have them more or less match my skin slash skin tone. 18, I can do well in a challenging situation without being called a credit to my race. Number 19, I can walk into a classroom and know I will not be the only member of my racial group. And finally, number 20, I can enroll in a class at college and be sure that the majority of my professors or teachers will be of my race. Now, the Ye and I were talking about this list because we're both white. Um, and it wasn't until college that either of us had a minority professor and act or a teacher. And actually thinking about it, I technically have never had a pr- educator who was not white. Um, and the yay has only had only her, the only time she had one or the first time she ever had one was in college. She had a math professor who was Asian. Um, and I don't know about you. You obviously grew up around here. I don't know. Did you have any teachers before college who weren't white? Uh, let me think. Oh, I had a black art teacher. Okay, well. When I was in, like, the elementary school. You've had more racial diversity than I have when it comes to that stuff. Um, So I want to just state, having listed off that white privilege checklist, I was able to check off almost every single one of those things, right? Like, I have to check myself first before I can talk to others about this. So I think for uh, those of us who are white people who are in that position of privilege right now in a system that does privilege us and does give us an advantage without us necessarily asking for it. We need to recognize that it is now more important than ever for us to be speaking out against this and standing up for those who do not have that same privilege and using our position of privilege to elevate those around us so that we have an equal playing field and that all voices are going to be able to be heard. Um, and so that is one of the reasons why I, I personally wanted to record this special episode tonight is to in order to do that and allow for both of us to vent our anger, but more importantly, allow for me to engage others in a conversation and make sure that they're able to recognize, oh shit, I am in a position of privilege. Oh shit, I didn't realize that's what it's like to be a minority in America. Because as you and I were bre- kind of talking about this briefly, while outward appearance-wise I am white, I also identify as a Jewish American or as Jewish, which gives me a rare position of also sort of understanding what it's like to be in a quote-unquote ethnic or ethno-religious minority. Not to the same extent as you. Obviously, I don't have to worry about, you know, if I get pulled over, what's going to happen to me. And if I have children, I don't have to worry about a cop, you know, senselessly murdering them just because of their skin color. Um, But I do understand what it's like to be discriminated against. I do understand what it's like to be part of a group that is not seen as equal. Um, so I, I'm sorry that this is what it's come to in America, that we have to have these conversations still to this day. 
But that's why we're making this episode because we're going to have this conversation and we're going to keep on yelling and screaming and I'm we're going to have to take a break because your boy has to use the bathroom real quick. Not going to lie. Um, but when we come back, we're going to talk about some more stuff that's very important and it might get a little bit more heated. So, yeah. Uh, that's why I'm going to try to get all these demons out. Yeah, I'm going to try to get all these demons out my body. Sorry? So I still got some fire in me. All right, yeah, me too. So, like I said, we'll be right back. We're going to have to listen to an ad because, unfortunately, we both got bills we still have to pay. So, Thanks. And just like that, we are back for the second part of or half of this uh, kind of special episode that we're doing. Uh, over the break, Alex, you know, go to the bathroom, do my reading, do some research, you know. Uh, and something that is not fake news, although there is a lot of fake news going around right now. So, guys, please make sure – guys and gals, let me rephrase that. Please make sure you are checking the sources of where you're getting your information from because there's a lot of fake shit out there right now. Um, so a Missouri State representative – this is something I found. We literally we were literally just talking about this, Alex – Tony Lovasco, don't care if I mispronounced your last name because you don't deserve to have the correct pronunciation if I did, uh, just said that he believes, he tweeted a couple days ago that um, any looters deserve to be shot by property owners because of the Second Amendment. The tweet actually read, looters deserve to be shot but not by the government, hashtag 2A, also known as hashtag Second Amendment. Uh, Tony, I highly doubt that you are listening and I don't live in your district. But if I did, I would not only make sure that you get voted out, but also going to make sure that you get run out of the Missouri House of Representatives because any idiot who tweets stuff like that does not deserve to be a politician. And we're just going to leave that where it is. Uh, I told you guys it's going to get a little hotter in this episode, so you might want to turn the AC on. Um, no, what type of leader would say that? I don't know. It's like almost you're like supposed some... to be the leader of the state, and you're saying like you're basically saying, hey. Go shoot people. Yeah, it's okay to shoot people if you think they're looting. I mean, it's almost like he took the directive of another politician who is supposed to be a leader in this nation who said that once the looting starts, the shooting starts. Um, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the uh, that guy who I'm not going to say his name because once I start saying his name, I'm going to get angry. It's going to become decisive. Not worth it. Agent Orange. Um, so, long story short, that phrase "when the looting starts, the shooting start" it's it's an old story. It's an old thing. Uh, it actually comes from the 1960s when Miami Police Chief Walter Headley used the phrase "quote when the looting starts, the shooting starts." Um, and this was during hearings about crime in Florida, uh, particularly the civil rights activists. So not only is that in this con in the original context, a racist statement, but in the context that's used now, you could argue that it is, it has a lot of racially insensitive undertones. More importantly on our, um, failure in chief, I mean, sorry, commander in chief, Donald Trump, uh, he just said he was going to call in the army to forcibly remove protesters who are outside of the White House protesting. Now, to my knowledge, and I do have some friends right and people I know who are there right now in D.C. protesting, 
to my knowledge and from everything I've seen, nothing so far today, at least in the DC protests, has been violent other than people, you know, talking about how the police killed people. And if you're so afraid of the police killing people, you definitely don't want people who are going to be in there who are literally been trained to kill, like army members, forcibly removing people. Because if you really want to see outrage, then you'd get some outrage out of that. Uh, so I'm just going to leave that there because I've already said some really, really horrible things today in response to uh, things that that man has done. Alex, I'm going to give you the floor because uh, that's the least that I can do because I probably talked too much already this episode. start i mean i don't even know where to start there's so much going on um i mean for what we got we have to stop just being mad and fighting and hating each other man we have to come back together exactly like everybody has to and i mean i understand people are going crazy because like you and me have been at home for like what going on like three months now yeah, I think so. It, like, I understand a lot of people are like going cuckoo because they've been locked up at home for so long, and then you know you have this type of stuff going on. But like, killing each other isn't the answer. You know, destroying businesses isn't going to be the answer. I'm all for peaceful protesting. I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you know, you continuously destroy things. You're taking a, you're putting dirt on a good cause, which is not something that you want to do, for one. And then also, you're putting yourself in harm of getting injured mm-hmm. or killed yourself. And then you're going to be on the news as personal protesting, but they're going to say, hey, he was destroying buildings and shit. We had to stop him somehow. And as we see, cops these days do not like to use non-lethal forces. No, spe- I mean, last time I checked, they carry tasers yeah, and, and pepper spray. And they especially don't like to use non-lethal force if you are a uh, minor- racial minority. So, um, And so, yeah. Um, we were talking about this earlier, Alex. I don't know if you mind me kind of sharing. I don't know if it was a private conversation or not. We were talking about this earlier today about how um, we need to start holding these politicians and these people like we need to make be making demands and we need to be holding politicians accountable if they don't meet our demands. Um, and kind of to just sort of the only reason why I bring this up, Alex, is I just saw something just now, a statement from former President Barack Obama, who in response to everything that's going on right now, he said, the more specific we can make demands for criminal justice and police reform, the harder it will be for elected officials to just offer lip service to the cause and then fall back into business as usual once the protests and protesters have gone away. Um, now, I will just quickly throw in there that while I 100% agree with that, I think Obama, more than anyone else, had an opportunity to already do this, and he unfortunately failed to do so. Maybe he regrets that, Um but that's a separate conversation that we're not having right now. We're not going to, I don't want to talk about Obama's successes or failures or any former politician. I'm only interested in current and future politicians. What are you going to do to fix this? And if, and for those of you who are voters, 
or eligible to vote, one, make sure you're registered to vote and make sure you've done your census. More importantly, let's start holding these motherfuckers accountable for this shit. They're not doing what we elected them to do. Get them the fuck out. Like, let's get them the fuck out, okay? Like, we can't demand these things from people and then not hold them accountable. That makes us just as bad, if not worse, than them. We are enablist in that situation. And then I also want to um, just briefly share, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything like that. Uh, I found a group here, based here in Columbia, Missouri, called Race Matters, uh, or Race Matters Friends. They have what's called the Community Bail Fund, um, which helps to release defendants who cannot re- afford the cash bail, as well as advocate for shrinking and eliminating the cash bail system that is in place here in Boone County. I have I only bring this up because I just recently donated money, not a lot because I don't have a lot of money, probably more than I should have, uh, just based off my own financial situation. But I donated Big money. Ballin'. I donated money to this group because it was if like it's the least I can do. I'm trying to maintain social distancing. I know there have been some small protests here in Colombia, but I'm not trying to go into any big protests necessarily. Um, it's not that I don't believe in this cause. It's just I'm more concerned about my health and the A's health, and, and I don't want to expose people to that necessarily at the moment, you know, potentially. However, that being said, if I find out that there's going to be a protest tomorrow in Colombia, you bet your sweet ass I'm going to be there. Um, but... Like I said, I've donated to this because I don't want to just be all talk. You know, I, I want to show that I am doing my part, even if it's a small part. Um, those of you who follow my personal Instagram, you know that I've just been spamming my Instagram story with educational materials or, in, to a certain extent, some memes about what's going on. Um, you know, so let's... Let those of us who are eligible to vote, let's make sure we're going out to vote. We've got a big election coming up. This can be a turning point. You want to? If you're sick of this shit, let's go to the polls and show them we're sick of this shit and we're sick of you for not doing anything. Um, and I think that that's got to start in November. I know it seems like a long way away, but it's right around the corner. So make sure you're eligible to vote. If you're worried about coronavirus, you can. It's, you definitely have enough time to register for an absentee ballot. I know we just had a school board election last week. I voted absentee for that, so I know it's possible to do um, because, you know, it was up to a guy we previously talked We're not who votes by mail for the record. We're not going to be able to vote by mail anymore, so let's, let's exercise our rights while we can because if 80% of us vote these fuckers out, then that means they have to listen to us. I know that that's an unrealistic number, but you get the idea. If we hold these people accountable and we make sure our voices are heard, that's the only way right now at a fundamental level we're truly going to be able to not only create change but sustain said changes. Um, so that's my two cents about that. Um, now, Alex, I, I know you kind of talked about it a little bit before, but you obviously you, you've had we've had him on the show. If you've listened to the show, you know about Poot. Uh, you know whether or not, I don't know if it. You know, you you are a black man raising a black or half black son. The only reason why I, I, I bring that up is because unfortunately we live in a world where if you are half a minority, you get identified as that minority. It's just unfortunate. Um, whether or not your son identifies as even black is completely up to is while it is up to him. 
ultimately society is going to identify him as that. And Poot, I'm sorry that this might be a really scary time for you. I know I'm not your dad. I don't know why I'm apologizing to you. I guess I'm apologizing to you because I want to make a world a better place for you and your your friends and potentially your children. I'm sure you do too. Um, but I guess I was wondering if you felt comfortable kind of talking about like how you're dealing with all this craziness. I know you sort of briefly talked about it, but I didn't know if you wanted to talk any more about it. So as far as like, I'm going to educate my son about these type of situations, you know. Um, first thing I tell him, I tell him basic stuff like I was taught whenever, you know, I was younger. Uh, such as, you know, if he's driving and gets pulled over, you know, find somewhere safe to go. You know, go, you don't have to pull over immediately. You know, you could turn your hazards on to, you know, identify that, you know, you understand you're being pulled over. Now, if a cop gives you a hard time because you wait till you get into a parking lot or somewhere, you know, a safe location that's well lit, then they're just being a dickhead. True. And there's nothing you can do about that. But I always tell them, you know, do your best to, you know, make sure you're in a safe area. You know, you don't really want to be on the road. If you can get off the road, you know, find somewhere where you can park. And, you know, so that's the first thing. You know, I tell him, you now, different people have different ways. You know, I tell him to at least try to act cordial unless they give you a reason to not be cordial. Mm-hmm. Now, me and my, you know, the couple other instances I've had with police, um, you know, usually being cordial, things turn out a lot better than, you know, what they probably could have. So I was telling you know, be cordial until, you know, they give you a reason to not be. But I also use this as a gateway to him where I always explain to him, make sure that you are educated. Educate yourself. You know, I mean, granted, I was super inebriated. I'm no lawyer, but I know enough to know that, you know, that story I just previously told you at the bar I know enough to know that they couldn't arrest me for anything. Yeah. And so I always tell him, you know, make sure you're educated, you know, make sure. And you also have to watch who the people you're around, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you get classified, you know, he's already going to be classified because even though he's mixed, you know, like we were just previously stated, he's going to be considered a black boy. Yep. Which, you know, whatever. But also, you hang around troublemakers, you know, they've already got that reputation for themselves. Then that reputation will just be slapped on you just because of the company you keep. Which Mm -hmm. it's not right by any way, shape, or form. But that's just the way the world works. Yeah. Now, and I say the same thing to everybody. You know, if you want to if you have the right to, you know, if you want to put something about this on your social media page or, you know, if you want to get involved, like you were saying, you know, you can find different ways to maybe donate. You don't have to donate money. You can donate time. There's mm-hmm. plenty of other resources you can donate to. Yeah. But, you know, destroying property and stuff, that's that's not going to get you anywhere except for possibly get yourself hurt. 
No, and I will also add that um, those are, there are a lot of people who are like, well, it's okay. We can destroy the property because the insurance will pay for it. Uh, I know for a fact that there's at least two company insurance companies that have clauses that say if your property is destroyed because of rioting or looting, we don't cover it. Um, I'm not going to name the names because I don't I don't want to. That's not necessary. But I know that there are insurance companies out there that have that clause in the insurance agreement. So don't just assume that the whatever business you're burning down has insurance that can that can cover it uh, and pay not for any that, losses. I mean, you don't know what's going on in that business. What if somebody's you know, what if everybody left, but you got somebody stuck in the back who had to take a dump, right? Uh, and you're like, oh, nobody's here. You know, we can burn this place down. Then you, but somebody could potentially lose their lives. I mean, right. people not have to, been losing their lives with this. Not to mention, like, firefighters don't intention. I don't know any firefighter who, like, while on duty, has intentionally killed anyone. So, like, let's be nice to the firefighters and EMTs in this. We can be mad at the, at the police, but like, firefighters and EMTs, let's leave them out of this. Let's not make their lives any harder than they need to be. Um. I want to backtrack a little bit to what you were talking about getting pulled over because um, coming from that criminal defense background, I can tell you one of the best things, regardless of your race, if you do get pulled over, when you do get pulled over and the cop comes to you, have both your hands on the steering wheel where they can see them. They can't accuse you of doing something if they can see your hands at all time. And more importantly... Only grab something when they ask you for it. And before you grab it, say, I'm going to grab this. And then do it. Yeah, I um, got pulled over once because uh, my tags, I hadn't switched my tags over. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the cop kind of looked at me funny because I, I have my wallet in my backpack. So I was like, I'm going to reach in my backpack and get my wallet now so I can give you my license. And he was like, you know, that's not really necessary. And I was like, hey, I'd rather tell you what I'm doing before you just assume something and I end up on the news. Exactly. And I think that if you do that, more importantly, if the police officer is wearing a body camera or something that's recording the interaction, which reminds you, you're legally able to record the police if they've pulled you over. They can tell you to stop recording and you say, no, I'm allowed to do that. Uh, don't be confrontational about it. Just be like, nope, I'm recording it just in case something happens, you know, or I just want to make sure that I get on tape what's going on. Don't be harassing or confrontational about it, but just say, nope, I'm going to record you because I'm allowed to do that. It's not against the law. You know, you're, I'm allowed to do that. Um, however, backtracking if you tell the police officer what you're doing and it's it's being either through them or through some other channel, it's being recorded and they have you on tape saying, I'm going to grab this now. And then all of a sudden the police officer tries to pull some stuff like, oh, he's they've got a gun or like, oh, they've got this, this or that. Like you said, no, I'm grabbing this. So they hear that and that it's going to hold up, make a better case for you if you, it does end up in court. Now, Obviously, again, me saying that comes from the idea that you're not just going to get shot you know, because of the color of your skin or because you're wearing a religious head wrap or something like that. Um, or they even have their body cameras on. 
Exactly. There's that too. Body cameras seem to weirdly malfunction all the time. Um, but like, yeah. So, you know, let's, let's just kind of end this episode, Alex, on a little bit of a lighter note, if that's okay with you. Um, I know we said we were going to go off. I, I held it in. Open that dude that kicked this truck. Huh? That video of J.R. Smith whooping that dude that kicked his truck? No, I don't care about any of that. Um, I wasn't going to talk about that. I was just going to lend it on to like a let's all love each other kind of note, if that's okay with you. Um, so to my, my fellow white people out there, more importantly now than ever, you need to stop making this about you and use your position of power to elevate those who are not in a position of power voices recognize your privilege acknowledge it and then use it as a tool to fight against the systematic inequalities and injustice that the world is facing uh to any of our minority listeners out there know that i am sorry that you're going through this please let me know how i can help in whatever way i can help and I will do my best to try to help. Uh, this is just coming from me personally now. Um, Ditto. I hope that any anyone who's listening feels the same way. Uh, it's 2020. The year is 2020. It is time to end all of these systematic inequalities. It is time to demilitarize our police. It is time to enact criminal justice reform on a wide scale level. It is, and more, and this is my kind of just fringe thing I'm going to throw in there. And I get that might not everyone might not feel this way, but it's time to make not only police brutality a federal crime, but have a federal crime with a mandatory 20 to life sentencing. Because as we've stated, or at least I've stated multiple times, and Alex, I believe you echoed the same sentiment. As we stated multiple times in this, this episode, when law enforcement, police, when they fail us in their duty to serve and protect, they've not only failed at their job, they've endangered, but they've endangered a community, and they deserve nothing but punishment from it because these are the people who are supposed to enact the punishment themselves they need to be punished harder when they fail to enact the said punishment properly and that's just my two cents you may disagree with me alex and that's totally okay but that's what we love here at the pizza box talk well, it's about time that people when people do things that they be held accountable for their actions exactly if then that's the other thing too to take away from this episode let's start holding each other accountable Let's start, you know. Uh, so, Alex, the show is called The Pizza Box Talks. We did a lot of talking. Let's just throw in a pizza review to make it a little bit more fun. Um, so, the Yay and I recently discovered that there's this really good gluten-free frozen pizza crust. Uh, I found a recipe for pesto that doesn't have any garlic that I can have. So, tonight... I had a pesto, a pizza that was gluten-free pizza crust. 
pesto, cheese, fresh. Uh, I put like fresh tomatoes on it because I didn't have tomato sauce, so I wanted some tomatoes and some and just some red peppers. We do a thing called Meatless Monday in my house where we try to have a vegetarian meal once a day. Normally we try to do it on Monday. We lucked out today. Sometimes it doesn't happen on Monday. Uh, I will say for a homemade pizza, that where I didn't make the crust, but I, I made the sauce, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm not going to review it any more than that because, hey, we all, you know what I mean? Like That pizza may sound absolutely disgusting to those of you who are listening. And that's totally cool that you think that my delicious pizza was disgusting. Because guess what? We're allowed to have opinions. We can disagree about things. But you know what we can't yeah, disagree you about? you never know. You might like it too. What were you going to say? I said they never know. They might sound gross, but they might try it and they actually like it. Exactly. It actually doesn't sound that bad to me. Oh, I was actually really, really picky of a eater. Yeah, it was really good. And, you know, I mean, I I like vegetarian pizzas. Like, it's one of the few things that's like a vegetarian thing, and it's fine. Not vegan, because we're not going to, I don't like vegan things usually, but vegetarian, it was still pretty good. Uh, But yeah, kind of, you know, let's throw it to sports real quick. So you talk a lot about sports. I saw something, and I don't know how to feel about it. So I want to know how you would feel about this, Alex. So I saw something that said that um, there was like a discussion or a thread or a rumor or something about how the Minnesota Vikings, who are based in Minneapolis where George Floyd was murdered, should sign Colin Kaepernick to uh, a backup quarterback deal. I've heard talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess I kind of – What's the point of it? You know, like, is yeah. it actually for him to have a job? Or is it, is it just so they it, make them look better, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like, don't... Or is it just, you know, some, like, a political stunt to, you know, try and be like, oh, we don't identify with them. Yeah. Like, honestly, if they, if they can actually use him, then I would say, yeah, go for it. But if yeah. it's just a political stunt, I, I would say that I would... Part of me would lose respect for him for, you know, being a part of that. Yeah, and I think he would. I don't think he would go for it unless it was because they want him on the actual team. Um, I will say that I think it's ridiculous that it was like over three years ago that they basically essentially blackballed him from the NFL, and now the NFL's coming out here saying all these things about how like we're trying to fight this stuff and we we support you guys. It's like you don't support him. Shut up. You're just doing that because yeah. you now recognize that's where the majority of the money goes. Same with like Nike released some like touchy feely ad and stuff. It's like, bro, you could have been, you've been in a, able, like you've been able to do this stuff for years. Like you haven't done anything about it. You're only doing it because now LeBron James is like talking about it and stuff. And it, which I will say, I'm not a huge LeBron fan as an athlete, but as a person, I think he's pretty awesome. So. Um, he was pretty mad on Instagram, what our Instagram or Twitter, whichever one. He was kind of mad. Yeah, well, he's he's been very vocal about this stuff for a long time. Like I said, I I like I have no issue with my sports and my politics or my athletes being activists. I have no problem with those things mi- mixing at all. Um, I think that if you are a celebrity or you are an athlete, you're someone in the you know the the public's eye. Use your platform to, to speak on issues that are important to you. That's what you're allowed to do. 
Uh, I got no problem with that. And, they, and all those idiots who are saying you should just shut up and dribble or you got to – like, no, they don't have to shut up and dribble. They're human beings. They're allowed to have opinions just like you and me. And all of you people who are upset about Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem, you guys are real quiet right now, aren't you? Because we're still fighting for that same thing. And you were real. You had no problem with a guy kneeling on another guy's neck. We have a problem with one man kneeling during the national anthem. Which, by the way, fun fact of the day, Alex, he has a right to do that. Um, but anyways, yeah. I mean, he he talked to soldiers because originally he was sitting down. He talked to soldiers. He said, "What's a decent way I can protest where it won't offend you?" And they told him to kneel. So they're saying that he, him kneeling was against America. I'd like to hear how these people say that 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 uh, Derek was. Hold on, I looked it up. Derek Shaven. So I'd like to see if they feel like him kneeling on that dude's neck was kneeling for America. Yeah. So, and then uh, I'm just going to end this real quick with a quote from one of my favorite basketball coaches of all time, Mr. Greg Pop Popovich. He just basically said, and I quote, if Trump had a brain, even if it was 99% cynical, he would have come out, he would come out and say something to unify people, but he doesn't care about bringing people together, even now. That's how deranged he is. Greg Popovich, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I think this is the time to hold our leaders. Sorry? That's why he's one of the NBA's most favorite coaches. Yep. So with that, we're going to say thank you for listening to this very special episode of the Pizza Box Talks. Uh, If you disagreed with anything Alex or I said, please feel free to reach out to us in a respectful manner and we can have that conversation. Uh, We love hearing from you guys. Thank you again. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Let's love one another and hold people accountable. Yeah. We're in this together. Exactly. Anyways, thank you so much. See you next time.